How many of you know what we're talking about? Real life. Real life. How many of you are living a real life? How many of you are just like fake Christians and you just kind of, any of y'all here tonight? Because I need to talk to you right away. No, we're talking about real life and, and real life things um, for a number of weeks. And I'll do this tonight and then next week we'll continue on this as well. We're going to be talking about um, communication a little bit. How many of you know communication is important? Your quality of life, I think, is, is connected to your ability to communicate. Um, your success in relationships is connected to your ability to communicate. And Scripture is very clear, very clear. Go ahead and say it, very clear. Very clear that there are some ways that God does not want you to communicate. Okay, and so I like to put it this way. There are some forbidden forms of communication. And let me put it this way. There are some ways that people communicate, some things that people bring into communication that God does not like. Okay, so you ready for the second part? What God does not like, God does not bless. I'll say it again. What God does not like, God does not bless. Now, we're, we're about good news here. We're about staying on God's good side, okay? So I have to tell you the whole story, though, and get, get, get you on, uh, you know, looking around both corners of this thing to realize that what God does not like, God does not bless. So just to make sure that you remember that you get that point, will you say it with me? What God does not like, God does not bless, okay? And if we know those things, avoid those things, then we're going to be blessed. All right, it's closing prayer. All right. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 4. I shared a few things with you um, last week, if you'll recall. Um, we talked about murmuring and gossip and judging. And we're going to get into a couple of other like issues tonight. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through verse 31, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of whose mouth? Out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, watch this, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's the goal of communication, is that you would impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, that verse gets lifted out of context constantly by people to say, well, this grieves the Holy Spirit, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Let me put it in the context of Scripture. What grieves the Holy Spirit is when you... Uh, when you don't treat people around you in the right way. And, and it's all in the context of communication here. You know, if, if corrupt words and you're not building people up. You're not imparting grace to them. Let's keep reading. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, I want to go back and read verse 29 from the Amplified Bible. And it says this, let no foul or polluting language nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever. Everybody say ever with me. Ever come out of your mouth. So if it's not to ever, that means it's never. Okay? Now some people won't talk straight with you. I'm going to talk straight with you. Don't let this stuff ever come out of your mouth. Am I making this up? Is this a Republican or Democrat party agenda platform deal? No, this is God. This is, this is Bible stuff right here. Uh, let's read it some more here. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. Some of you are thinking, well, I don't know whatever I'm going to say then. 
ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. Let me stop on that. Spiritual progress of others. There may be others, some other people that are not even spiritual. But did you know that your words can actually help them make some spiritual progress? As is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. And so it's very important. It's, this, is, this is so crafted in the Greek right there. This is so strong. It's imperative after imperative. And it's very clear and it's laying it out. And so we, uh, we're going to hear it. And we're, and we're going to do it. And we're going to fall in line with this because I want to get this across tonight. What God does not like, God does not bless. Now, let me, let me uh, meander just a little bit here and get in your business, okay? Some of you may be wondering why this is not blessed, why this is not blessed. What's going on with this? Why is this not going like I really had hoped it would or whatever it would be? And you may be thinking about some things in your life. It very well could be that it is not blessed. And the reason it may not be blessed is because of, because of something happening here. You know, your finances, if you keep talking bad over your finances, if you keep talking bad about the, the people in your household, the people you work with, uh, your health, all, if you keep, hitting all these things or these wrong things or involving yourself in forbidden forms of communication, you're actually hindering grace and you're hindering blessing from being in your life. And so we would do well to line up with God's word so that uh, we can be on the right side of all this and actually have God's blessing. I don't want to live without God's blessing. And I don't want you to either. I want you blessed coming in and going out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in the field, blessed in your home, blessed in your family, whatever you set your hand to do. I'm not making this stuff up. That's Bible places you can be blessed. Blessed when you lie down, blessed when you rise up, blessed wherever your foot shall trod. Y'all hearing this? Do y'all know that's in the Bible? And we don't want to block that. And it is possible to block those things. And let's make sure we're not blocking it because that little monster that lives in the cave under our nose, okay? Let's make sure that we're, we're lining up with Scripture here. Now, in Ephesians, uh, well, we'll get that in just a second. Let's, let's go ahead and list some of these things tonight. Um, and I might get on your nerves tonight, but that's all right. Interruption. Um. One of the things that we need to be careful of, and this is a habit that happens, is we interrupt people. How many of you love to be interrupted? How many of you are probably guilty of interrupting? Okay. And a lot of times it's just excitement. It's a collision of information and excitement and communication. You know, how are you about You go first. You know, and we just, we just kind of crash over each other. And some of that, you know, certainly is excusable. And, and we're people talking and there's nobody directing traffic, you know, saying, okay, now you, and now you. You know, there's nobody doing that. But we need to slow down a little bit and pay attention because to interrupt one another. And you say, well, that's just our culture. That's just our family. It's just the way we are. Yeah, but we're, we're not going by culture, family, or the way you are. We're trying to do it God's way. I said we're trying to do it God's way. 
And so we have to pay attention to this because when we interrupt others, we fail to honor them. Uh, I heard years ago this, that when you interrupt somebody, here's what you're saying without saying it. You're saying to them that what you are saying right now is not important. But what I have to say is so much more important that I must stop you from talking right now. And so we made, well, I didn't want to say that. That really wasn't what I was thinking or saying. But you know what? You say that to a person. And even if you're smarter, how many of you know you're smarter than some other people? (laughs) Who is here tonight? (laughs) How many of you know you might be smarter than somebody else, okay? Now, just be honest with me tonight. Be honest, humble, though. How many of you have ever been talking to somebody before and and you know... The scales are in your favor, okay? You, you know that, okay? But you know what you still owe them? Honor. You owe them some honor to just not interrupt them, to let them talk. Sometimes we do that with children. Children are to be seen, not heard. There's a time and place for that, you know, depending on what's going on. But, you know, I, I think they've got to got to have a healthy place that they realize they can communicate and express themselves in a right way, respectful way. Um, but all of us, we need to be careful of this because you know what this becomes? It becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. And we're not listening anymore. We're just thinking what we want to do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, this will help us. In the New Living, it says, Paul says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Now watch this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Making every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And so instead of breaking in on somebody by interrupting, let's let's start to monitor ourselves, okay? Because I don't think y'all are mean and malicious and, you, and that you're actually thinking what you're saying is so not worth anything. And what I'm saying is so important. I must interrupt you. I must stop you from talking. You know, right now, I must break in. I, I don't think that's really your heart, but you know what? That's what it feels like sometimes. And so let's all of us, raise your right hand. We're going to do a better job of this, all right? And, and be careful of that because sometimes it's the voices that you know best that you'll trample over the most. Okay, and so husband and wife, your children, and so forth. Let's make sure that we're not just trampling over those things. Told you I'd get on your nerves tonight. So, all right, let's go ahead. And I, uh, this one doesn't need a lot, but yeah, it sure does. And that is this lying. How many of you know lying's okay though now? No, it's not. No, it's not. Typically, we lie to protect ourselves. Or to hurt someone, it's either out of fear or pride. And fear and pride are two ugly cousins, okay? They kind of run together. Um, a mother asked the little boy, she said, honey, what is a lie? And he says, mother, a lie is an abomination to the Lord, but a very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> and it, isn't that most of our definitions here? Um I was in first grade and I went to a school. It's now gone. Um, <laughs> I mean, even Abraham Lincoln's school still exists. Mine's gone. Mine's gone. 
Um, but they tore down the building and, and things. But um, I was in elementary school, and in our cafeteria, you had to clean your plate. You had to eat everything. And they had teachers' aides and teachers, you know, that when you took your little tray back, they'd search it. They'd look in your milk carton, make sure you hadn't. Through the years, me and my friends, we tried everything because there's some things we, I am not eating this, you know. So we found ways to hide them, you know, and uh, get called back to the lunchroom because, you know, they had Gestapo that worked there. And, and, um, but first grade, school's kind of new. I'm, you know, having some issues at school and they had tomato soup. And I hated tomato soup. And I might like it now, but in my mind, I hate tomato soup, okay? And so they had tomato soup among some other things. And um, teacher comes by and says, Timmy, you need to eat your tomato soup. And I just looked at her and didn't say anything. And she came back in a little bit. And she said, you need to eat your tomato soup. And I said, I can't. She said, why can't you? And I said, I'm allergic to it. She said, well, we don't have any record of that with your allergies and so forth. She said, so maybe we should go call your mom. I said, okay. So I walked with the teacher. It was a long walk to the office. We get almost to the door of the office. And I said, ma'am. And she said, yes. I said, my mom doesn't know that I'm allergic to soup. So we, um, we went back and ate soup. How many of you have ever lied? Just convenience, what, whatever. Okay. It's a very present help in time of, of trouble. And again, some people, lying can actually be, be a habit because it's about convenience. It becomes a survival skill. Some people have real problems with lying. Um, there are some scary numbers. I didn't bring them out tonight. There's scary numbers of how many times on average your regular good moral person lies. That we lie. We've got to spice something. We've got to exaggerate something. We've got to change something. We've got to cover ourselves some way. You know, uh, the reason I didn't call you back was uh, a lion ate my phone. And, you know, know, and we're, we're kind of good at it. You know, off the cuff real quick, and it's, and it's just a wrong thing. Both Old Testament and New Testament, we're told, don't do it. Don't do it. And Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore, put away lying. Put away lying. Let each one of you, go ahead and say it. Say, that's me. that's me. Speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Let no, in verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And what happens is lying, falsehood, corrupts communication. And especially people you're connected to, if you're lying to them, you corrupt a a connection with them and you block grace out of that situation. So be careful of exaggeration. Did you know that exaggeration is actually a fancy word for lies? Be careful of spicing things up. 
Be careful. You know, sometimes somebody tells you something, you go, oh, wow. And then when you go to tell somebody else, it just, in your mind, it's not sounding quite as exciting as, as when they told you. And you feel obligated for the sake of exciting communication to spice it up. And we've got to be careful. That's, that's wrong. You corrupt things. Sometimes we use lying as an escape hatch. Sometimes we're just careless. And let me just remind you of this, of who the father of lies is. In John eight forty four, it says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Watch this, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, watch this, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. So when the devil lies, the father of lies, he's speaking from his own resources. So if the father of lies, when he tells lies, is speaking from his own resources, then when you and I tell a lie, we are drawing from the devil's resources. This is not anything we should ever be handling. This is toxic. This is acidic. And maybe, and this is one of the worst tricks the devil ever plays on us, is to let us handle some destructive things with apparently no destruction. Because then we get a little more brazen to handle it more and more and more. And we got away with that. And that didn't hurt too bad or this or that. And you know what? Lying is one of those things. And we need to make sure that we don't use the devil's resources. Put away lying. Speak truth with your neighbor. It is said, a lie has speed, but truth has endurance. So let's use truth. Can I get an amen at anybody at church here? All right, here's, here's another one. Told you I was going to be in your business tonight. Flattery. Flattery. How many of you know flattery either feels really good or it's kind of sickening? Okay. And it depends on how good the flatterer is. Flattery is smooth talk. It's compliments. Now, there's a place for true compliments. It's sweet talk. It's to butter up people. It's insincere praise, but it always has a purpose. It's insincere praise to further your own interests, to gain favor or to gain influence, and really it manipulates people. There's a 45-year-old bachelor who said to a 20-year-old woman, Where have you been all my life, beautiful? And she said, teething. I just wanted to use that. Who who started with the sweet talk, the smooth talk? It was Satan. Satan in the garden. He was the smooth talker. You need to be careful out in the world because there's a lot of smooth talkers. They'll sell you your own shoes. Aren't those mine? <laughs> yeah, but I'll give you a good price on them. And they look great on you. You know, and next thing you know, you've, you know, you've got to be careful of smooth talk, of sweet talk. In Job, and you can look it up later, Job 17.5, it says that if you are a flatterer, it brings curse to your children. And they'll fail to see, which actually means they can't find food. You actually break off blessing from your children. If you live a life as a flatterer in Proverbs 26, 28, anybody still here? 
Proverbs 26, 28, it says, A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. A flattering mouth works ruin. So works ruin means to push down, to overthrow. A flattering mouth and is brother to a lying tongue. And then one, or, one other one real quick, in Proverbs 29, verse 5, in the message, it says, A flattering neighbor is up to no good. He's probably planning to take advantage of you. Now, on Sunday morning, we're in this series on spirit, about the Holy Spirit. Spirit, God, helper, friend. One of the ways that he helps you, listen to me, church. One of the ways that he helps you, he is the spirit of truth. And one of the ways that he helps you is not just one of the nine gifts of discerning of spirits, but I believe he will help you to discern if something is true or not. And you need to pay attention to that. Even as you've got your TV or your radio on full blast, and I I mentioned this on Sunday, you need to realize that the people who are holding the microphone and the cameras right now concerning the media are not speaking for the majority of people. Okay? You need to understand this. So you're you're getting information. And I'm not a conspiracy-minded person. I'm just telling you the absolute truth. There are some absolute numbers that I'll bring to you in a in a few weeks when we're going to get into some tougher subjects here. There's some actual absolute numbers that you would think, wow, everybody in the world thinks this way. Or everybody in the world lives way, this way. And you're going to be startled how few people actually do, but have commandeered the microphone and the camera. And so you need to make sure that all the news that's coming at you, you need to be careful. You need to be very careful, but you need to listen on the inside too. You need to listen on the inside. And as you walk through life, you're going to have people trying to pull stuff on you. Don't look shocked. And, and, and you just need to be careful. And any sign of vulnerability in any of you, somebody, they, they kind of smell that. They, they kind of move toward that. And you need to be discerning on the inside and realize, you know, no, that's not true. That doesn't mean you have to call them on everything like that. Sometimes I'll... You know, I'll run into people somewhere and they go, oh, pastor, tell you what, blah, blah, blah. And on the inside, I'm going, no. And I've, I've even had people say, oh, I watch you on TV every week. And I hate to tell them we haven't been on TV for over a year. <laughs> we moved it all to the Internet. And, and um, you just need, but, but I don't go, ah, you're a liar. <laughs> that didn't serve anything. But you've got to guard yourself in that sense. And let's make sure that we're not involved in flattery and make sure that you're on guard concerning those who might uh, would be involved in that. Amen. All right. Let me go ahead and get in your business a little bit more. Arguing. Arguing. Let's see what the Bible says about arguing. Let let me go, go ahead and say this. What God does not like, God does not bless. Okay? Arguing is conflict, disputing, debate, discussion. It's to be disagreeable. It always involves limited listening. How many of you know that when you're arguing, I mean arguing, and we'll talk about there's a place for debate, there's a place for discussion. But when you're arguing, how many of you know that you have limited hearing at that point? And basically, you only hear like one word now and then. You, oh, my mom. 
What? You know, and we just get stuck on a word here or there. Am I telling the truth? Okay, we have, we have limited listening at that point. And usually arguing is destructive. Usually it's destructive. The goal of arguing is to be right and to show you that you're wrong. Typically that's it. To be right and to show the other person that they're wrong. In Galatians 5, we won't turn there right now, but it talks about the works of the flesh. Later, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is evidence that the life of Christ is being formed in you. Remember the whole goal of being Spirit-born, Spirit-filled, Spirit-led is to be Spirit-formed. And as we're being Spirit-formed, then the fruit of the Spirit... We're not trying to be patient. We're not trying to be good. We're not trying to, you know, all of those things. They're being formed in us. This process is taking place that that is happening. Well, if that's not happening, then what is contrary to that that is happening is the works of the flesh. And listed in uh, verses 19 through 21 in Galatians 5, it lists these. Quarreling, outburst of anger, dissension, division. So let me just tell you that arguing, quarreling, outbursts of anger, dissension, division, those that's flesh. And in my flesh dwells no good thing. And the flesh profits us nothing. But how many of you know, sometimes we just want to fight. And you need to be careful because sometimes you just want to fight. You're just angry. And let me remind you that anger is a secondary emotion. And it usually wants to be vented somehow. And when it gets vented, you usually vent that honor with a person. And that's not the real issue. I mean, sometimes you see somebody, the customer service thing at a store and yeah, okay. You know, they bought shoes and one size was an eight and the other was a 13. Why didn't somebody catch this? You know, they're mad. But you know what? In the reality, that's okay. Excuse me, I have a problem. I, I got shoes that are different size. Could we, could we fix this? Because instead, you know, we're banging on the counter. And your mama and I'm going to own this store. I'll sue you all. You know, we get all around. And, and you know what? At that point, you realize this is not about shoes. I said, this is not about shoes. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. There's something else, you know, would be going on with this. So it's a secondary kind of thing. But it's the flesh. And we've, if, if we're going to walk in the spirit, we've, we've got to purposely decide, I've, I've got to get away from these works of the flesh. Is anybody still here? There is a place for discussion. There is a place for healthy debate. There is a place for reason. Um, book of James, chapter 3, verse 17, even talks about the wisdom that's from above. One of the characteristics of it, you ready for this, is that you're willing to yield to reason. You're willing to yield to reason, which means you would stop, you would in a respectful way present your ideas, listen to their ideas, and realize, you know what, you've got a real point there. And humility releases what? Grace. Humility releases grace. And sometimes in the middle of it all, instead of, well, I'm just right. Let, let me just ask you a question. How many of you have been in an argument before and we're two and a half miles down the road into this argument already? 
and you suddenly realize, I'm not really sure what we're fighting about. And I'm sure I've already played the fool. How many of you know it's okay to surrender? But some people know we got to break out the windows. The cattle's got to be loose. Dishes are broken. We'll repent on Sunday. Who wants that for you? Tell me. The devil. The devil. And at some point, you've got to say no. But there is a place for healthy debate, discussion, for reason, and that you would be willing to yield to reason. It's a sign of maturity that you're willing to yield to reason. And all of us have a long ways to go on this. Let me give you a couple of other things about, about arguing. And why are we talking about arguing in church? We've got good Christian people here. Why would I even bring this up? Especially to a Wednesday night crew. You know why. You know why. Let me add a couple other things here. Proverbs 17, verse 14 in the New Living. It says, stop a quarrel, or starting a quarrel, rather, is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. So here's, here's the point here. Stop it before it starts. And maybe you know when it's about to start. Come on, and if you're, you know, if, I don't want to say anything because then he's really going to get mad or she's really going to, okay, but just kind of go with me. How many of you know you're getting close to whatever? Now, Alicia and I have never, ever, in our whole married life, we have never had words at all. Oh, that's right. That was lying. And you know I'm joking. And the reason I say that is because this is something everybody works on. And if you can, start it before it stops. How many of you know that your spouse or people around you, they have certain buttons that can be pushed. How many of you know some people around you have so many buttons, it's like NASA control right there, right? True? And, and sometimes it's best, just don't go there. Are you all with me? You've got, you've got to decide sometimes, this, this is not worth this. I'm not going to go there. And, but what is it about us sometimes? No, I'm right. I'm right about this. Whoopee. So you win something. What do you win? You bring destruction to your own home. You bring destruction to your, you scare your children. Your paint peels. You know, respect, all kinds of other things, uh, you know, get eroded in this. So it is best if you could stop it before it starts. Starting a quarrel is like opening a floodgate. So stop before a dispute breaks out. Start paying attention a little closer. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is, this is close here. This is like the candle is close to the curtain. Get them apart. Okay? And, and, and pay attention to that. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you be sensitive to, because uh, how many of you know you can tell when your emotions are rising? I'm going to ask the rest of you. How many of you know you can tell your emotions are rising? You can, you can feel all this. And, and you need to stop it before it starts. It is said that a long dispute means both parties are wrong. A long dispute means both, both parties are wrong. And let me add this one in. Normally people don't like it when I say this. Maturity is measured by recovery time. 
Maturity is measured by recovery time. I want you to get that one. That's not a new teaching around here. Um, but let's, let's say that together. Maturity is measured by recovery time. So if you end up in an argument, if you end up in a dispute, in a fight, uh, and especially within your home or whatever, guess what? Maturity is measured by recovery time, which means this should not take you days and weeks and months. All right, I'll tell you again, because I think there's, the sound system broke for a minute there. This should not take you days and weeks and months. It should not be, and I have actually run into people before, and they're together, but they're not talking. And you can feel it. Maturity is measured by recovery time. And I'm so committed to that, that sometimes I want to fix it before it should be fixed. And sometimes you have to allow your spouse or the other person, just give them a moment to get their breath. Or you're going to have ding, ding, round two. Okay? So give them a little bit of space. But both of you be committed, especially in the marriage setting, be committed to we want to get over this. We want to get past this. Minimal, minimal destruction and get going. So maturity is measured by recovery time. Proverbs 20, verse 3 says, Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. Everybody say, ouch. All right. Flesh loves volume. And typically, arguing escalates. It escalates. And anger gets involved. And flesh loves volume. So here's what you also need to do. You need to learn to keep it down. Hold it back. Proverbs 15.1. You don't mind that I tell you real life stuff out of the Bible, do you? Okay. Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath. But harsh, a harsh word stirs up anger. And so flesh loves volume. And, and let me just throw this out to you. This actually works. If you are having some kind of dispute or argument, purposely bring the volume way down. Bring the, the volume way down. And in doing so, you're going to find that your emotions don't escalate as much. And you're going to be able to get control of that thing pretty quick. Now, anybody that tells you they never interrupt, they never lie, they never flatter, they never argue, they're guilty of number two of, of lying. All of us. Listen, I don't want anybody to feel condemned. This is not a house of condemnation. This is a house of grace and truth. And love and peace and healing and growth. So wherever you're at with all of these things, don't be under condemnation. Just hear the word of the Lord tonight and say, you know what? Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. I've got to do a better job of this. Because some of these things we, we're habitual about. Because we allowed the standard of these things to erode. And as they've eroded, then we just feel like it's okay. And, and we're more inclined to easily jump into interrupting, lying, arguing, you know, whatever the, whatever the case may be. Let me go just a little bit further here. Proverbs twenty six seventeen tells us, stay out of other people's arguments. Unless you're law enforcement, stay out of other people's stuff. You know, now if it's a matter of safety, that's a whole nother thing. And, you know, of course... Uh, I don't need to go into all that tonight, but mind your own beeswax and, and stay out of other people's arguments. 
Um, amen. Let me just real quick in closing here tonight tell you how believers, how followers of Jesus are to behave and respond concerning arguing. In Philippians 2.14, it says this, do everything. Everybody say everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Let me, let me ask you just a question here. Remember what, what God does not like, God does not bless? You remember that? If at work with your coworkers or whoever your supervisor is or whatever, if, if they ask you to do something or, what, or every day you show up and you're complaining and arguing, then do you think you're going to be blessed in that setting? You're not, you're not going to be. Do you think you're going to have favor in that setting? No, you're not going to be. You know, and, and we can be hard heads about this or we can listen to God's word and heed what he would say and do everything. This is what the Bible says. Do everything. Everybody say everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing. We're going to memorize a verse tonight. Philippians, Philippians 2.14. Is that what it is? Philippians 2.14. Everybody say do everything, do everything. Without, complaining without complaining and arguing. There, you just memorized the verse. So do everything without complaining and arguing. How are we going to do that? Because you know what? Most of our life we've been doing what? Two things. Complaining and arguing. So we're going to have to have God help us. We're going to have to have the Holy Spirit help us. But you also need to make a decision. God help me. I'm going to do better on this. Let me read you one last passage here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord. Everybody say that to me. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Watch this. Must not quarrel. But must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. And get this next part. And be patient with difficult people. I feel led to read that all again. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord. Tell me again. Say, that's me. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. But must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. And God help us. God help us. And let's, let's break some habits. And, and your freedom comes and grace comes when you're just honest with yourself and honest with God. And again today, you know, last week I told you the things we talked about. I realized, oh, Lord, help me with these things. And again, today, I look at these things and I realize sometimes I was in a conversation um, earlier today. And, and this is progress here. And I'm not a big interrupter, but I was talking with some people and I realized I totally ran over the lady talking. I mean, not ran over. I mean, just are you all with me? I don't want you to leave here. And pastor ran over a lady. I don't, I don't want you to say that. But in in talking, there were three of us talking. And, and I just kind of ran over. And, and you know what? I just caught myself and I realized, oh, wow, I did that. Guess what that's called? Progress. Progress. And, and if lying or, or flattery or just, I'm just spicing it up. I'm just exaggerating a little. I'm just, I'm just trying to butter somebody up. No, no, no. Just, just handle it right. God will grace you. God will help you to do this. In arguing, I'll tell you what, this is, this is a big one. 
It's a big one because it ends up being destructive. And if you let your anger get in, you know what happens? You start with character assassination. You start talking about, well, your nose. Your nose has nothing to do with this. And then you make somebody self-conscious about this or that. And you cause lasting damage. Guess who loves to orchestrate these things? The devil. I said the devil. He doesn't want peace in your home. He doesn't want peace for you. And um, scripture is very clear on this. And God said, I don't like these things. Let me just ask you real quick. Okay, so we get the heart of God located in this. Why is it that God doesn't like these things? Is it just he's a fuddy-duddy? He doesn't like these things because of what it ends up doing to one another. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he doesn't want these things to be a part of our life. God wants to bless your life. Would you do this with me? Let's all stand together. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?